It's Friday and we are glad to have you with us. Today in our series, we bring you Jason Baganza, the executive director who is also an activist and an avid spot lover. Meet Jason Baganza, the executive director at African Forum and Network on Debt and Development, Afrodad. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Who is Jason Braganza? Jason Braganza is a Kenyan, born and raised in the city of Nairobi, and spent a big chunk of his life in Nairobi, and of course traveled. Um, to different parts of the country and has enjoyed and continues to enjoy living um, in the city of Nairobi and thinks that Nairobi is probably one of the greatest cities um, on the continent of Africa, but probably also one of the greatest cities um, in the world, having visited quite a few in, in, my, in my brief time on this earth. Um, secondly, Jason Braganza is an economist with a degree, a bachelor's degree in economics and a master's degree in development economics. Having studied both in Kenya and in the United Kingdom and an interest that emerged on issues of development right from a young age, having grown up in in Nairobi and wanting to understand why it was uh, some people had a lot and others and many people didn't have very much. And that was a, a confusing period uh, growing up. Um, but also understanding, you know, how certain countries were advanced in certain things, in many things, as well as um, why certain countries were not as advanced. And I think that was something that spurred me on in terms of motivating my education in economics and development economics, um, and also seeing you know, firsthand the difference between what is considered in quotes a wealthy country and what is considered in quotes uh, a not so wealthy country or a developing country. Thirdly, Jason Braganza is an avid sports person and sports follower with a particular interest in the sport of rugby, having played, the, having played the game for a few years at school level, at club level. Um, I've also had the pleasure of coaching the sport at uh, university level and club level in, in, in the UK and in Kenya. And more recently, having just concluded a brief, a brief stint in management of a local club in Kenya called the Mwamba RFC or Mwamba Rugby Football Club, the first and only indigenous rugby club in Kenya um, established slightly over 40 years ago. And fourthly, Jason is a passionate activist, uh, a keen believer in the idea of a successful and vibrant African continent because of its amazing history. And by history here, I mean uh, pre-colonial history, as well as uh, modern day history, given the vibrancy of the population in beginning to understand its worth, its significant contribution um, to the rest of the world, and more importantly, its significant and important contribution to the continent. 
tell us more about your work with African Farm and Network on Debt and Development, AfroDebt. With regard to my work at the African Forum and Network on Debt and Development, well, I've recently joined the organization AfroDad in, the, in October of 2020. So still relatively new in, in the organization, but not new in the space. Um, the organization is a civil society organization, a pan-African civil society organization, one of the oldest on the continent, established in 1996. So we're celebrating our you know, 25th birthday. Um, and our work has been primarily focused on increasing and enhancing African citizen voices on issues of public debt. As you might be aware, uh, issues of debt are very topical and popular at the moment. And so it is a very busy moment uh, for us at, uh, at Afrodad where we're trying to cultivate and collect uh, the voices of African citizens and on how public debt is affecting their day-to-day -day lives, how they feel um, governments are conducting themselves when it comes to issues of public debt, but more importantly also how our African governments are able to interact and negotiate with other countries, other lenders um, from which they borrow money to fund some of the development projects um, on the continent. So it is a very exciting time. We are um, in a moment where you know, the, the topic of debt has come back on the agenda in a very big way, uh, mostly because of the global pandemic, COVID-19. And it seems that um, it's going to stay quite uh, on the radar for, for quite a bit more time, given the more recent um, challenges and, and conflicts that are taking place in Ukraine and Russia due to the spillover effects that are affecting the continent through increased food and energy prices. So certainly many African countries are going to find um, themselves in, in a situation where their debt becomes um, an even bigger problem and challenge. And this also will tend to spill over or, or translate into significant problems for African citizens like you and I. And so the work we're doing at Afrodad is to try and understand what these challenges are likely to be um, for citizens, um, on the one hand, the kind of challenges our governments are going to face, both domestically in trying to support citizens and support domestic businesses, but also globally how um, we can support our governments engage in a more comprehensive and a more critical way that does not further impact the African citizens as our governments try to negotiate and renegotiate some of their issues uh, or debt issues and debt contracts. So that's been our work for the past uh, 25 years, the idea of trying to enhance and promote um, African voices on issues of public debt. What are some of the experiences with Afrodad that have been indicators that the work you are doing is impactful? Well, it's difficult to say, you know, um, our work because it's very policy advocacy, policy change, policy influence based there's usually a very significant lag in terms of how uh, the work or, or the, the kind of things we do uh, lead to change. But certainly what we are seeing um, over the past 25 years that is a lot of a lot more people and a lot more a lot more African citizens in particular 
taking a keener interest on the issues of public debt and especially on how their governments are borrowing um, and from whom they are borrowing and the terms um, through which they are borrowing. And, you know, as you might be aware, of course, there's, there have been issues with certain creditors or certain lenders with the terms and conditions with which they lend to our African governments. And so it's very nice for me as the executive director as, of Afrodad to see that interest, that public interest by citizens in wanting to understand and demand greater transparency, accountability, and governance on the way governments are borrowing. Um, the other impactful piece of work or aspects that we are seeing is that members of parliament across the continent are paying a lot more attention to what governments are doing, irrespective of which side of the house you're from, whether you're in power or in opposition. There seems to be some sort of cross-parliamentary arrangement or agreement or and consensus that public debt is spiraling out of control. And so there needs to be some sort of checks and balances on how government is borrowing. And I think that's quite exciting for us um, over the past 25 years to see that interest in, in amongst parliamentarians in how, in how governments are borrowing. The third is about how our African leaders, particularly heads of state, ministers of finance, have started being a lot more bolder in demanding critical and fundamental reforms of how the global frameworks that govern public debt, public borrowing and lending are run, and even going as far as calling for reforming of major institutions that are responsible for encouraging borrowing and lending alike. So this has been quite impactful over the past 24 year, 25 years of Afrodad's existence, and we hope to continue seeing this uh, trend proceed. And hopefully, um, you know, at Afrodad, we have a phrase called Africa, the rule maker, not the rule taker, because we, we firmly believe that as a continent, as a region, as a people, we are so firmly integrated and deeply rooted in, in international finance, international trade, international commerce, international politics, that it is time that African, Africa, Africans, African leaders are held with the same degree of power and have the same degree of decision-making on how the world works. So hopefully in the next few years, that mantra will now become a continental mantra. Um, we've seen it pick up and become very popular, and we will continue to promote the idea of Africa, the rule maker, not the rule taker. What are some of the challenges in your work or in your line of work? With regard to the challenges in our work or in the line of our work, um, there's quite a number, really. As much as I've said that there's been growing interest or, you know, by parliamentarians, by politicians, um, on the issues of public debt uh, with regard to transparency, accountability, and governance. Of course, you know, issues of finance, and especially when you start talking about transparency, accountability, and governance, um, these, sorts, these sorts of subjects tend to be very sensitive, um, especially in, in an environment where there is a, a sense of um, the need to not put stuff in public or put information in public or 
there's a feeling that you know it's not necessary for the public to be aware of how government operations are taking place or how decisions with regard to public finances are being made so certainly when civil as a civil society organization that represents primarily the interests of the general public and primarily the interests of the citizens um of course we we do find or do come across instances where um the ability to have conversations with policymakers with decision makers is sometimes compromised is sometimes um reduced and of course we've seen that happen on the continent um gradually or you know over the last decade or so where civil society organizations that deal with um or speak about issues of transparency accountability and governance do tend to be um uh sidelined from decisions or sidelined from being able to access key decision makers or key policy makers and i think that's one of the biggest challenges we face in terms of trying to make our work more impactful and relevant to the general citizen being a civil society organization of course also with regard to our operations we do tend to be supported from different sources and these sources vary but you know are also determined largely determined outside of 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 our control and so you know to some extent or to a large extent um funding and resources are determined by topics or issues that are popular on the day or over a period of time and so we have to also be alive to that fact and be prepared that you know one day in the near future uh debt may not be the hot topic it might be something else and so we need to be agile and nimble to be able to react to that sort of situation in order to keep the organization going um and and continuing to keep the organization doing the amazing work that um it has been doing for the past 25 years i think the third challenge as well is trying to break down what is generally a complex topic or or complex issue and making it make sense for the general citizen um and i think to a large extent you know we we're beginning to to make significant inroads in this regard and the general citizen is able to engage on the issues of public debt because they can see and feel it in their pockets with regard to the rising cost of living uh, particularly in our context so you know making information accessible digestible um and relatable i think is is you know something that we it, it is a challenge because it's a technical subject but i think we are making some good headway in that regard are there any changes you would love to see in your industry and what impact would you predict these will have on your work i think the most important one would be the appreciation of the role of civil society in promoting and enhancing um equality equity and justice for all um under the premise or with the premise that we are all citizens and that is our starting point and that we are all citizens of this world and in particular we are all citizens of this great amazing continent and that we should value ourselves as such and so you know our leaders our politicians our policy makers those who are in charge of how our countries or our economies 
and societies evolve should always keep that in mind and i think for me that is something that i that i always profess when we're doing our advocacy work when we're doing our policy influencing work is is to always remember that you know we may live or in 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 fancy houses or we may drive big expensive cars uh for some of us not all of us but at the end of the day you know we are all citizens when we when we step out of our offices or we step out of our homes and and we step onto the streets and so when you see a pothole on the road or you see a traffic light or a street light that's not working or you see a road or a footpath that's flooding because there's no drainage you know it affects us almost equally because we are we are citizens um if you happen to be walking you're likely to get splashed if you're driving your car and you hit a pothole you're likely to damage your car you know and if there's no street lighting you're likely to find it very difficult to find your way and those affect all of us um you know irrespective of the hierarchy of society within which you sit um and so i think keeping that in mind is it's something that i strongly believe in um because ultimately when the work we do as civil society organizations is to promote the advancement of citizens as a whole um we don't talk about specific groups um we also see ourselves as speaking on behalf of those who tend to be left behind or marginalized so that there's some for- form of redistributive um aspects or redistributive programs to try and equalize and buffer those who do not have uh in order for them to to have um especially with regard to access to public services and so on and what does the future hold for Jason Baganza I wish I knew for now it's uh it's working with with Afrodad and to continue pushing this agenda that Africa should be a rule maker and is a rule maker not a rule taker to advance the message that we are citizens we are all citizens of this continent and we should treat each other um as such with uh, dignity fairness and lastly the fact that we are all working towards making the world a better place making the continent a better place and hopefully one day um a place where we all enjoy and um we can all find ourselves watching more rugby matches and <laughs> and cheering on our favorite rugby team that was jason braganza executive director at african forum and network on debt and development afrodat and a quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast the international monetary fund has warned of a looming food crisis that may spark social unrest in sub-Saharan Africa. The fund has revised its growth projection for the continent downwards to 3.8% from the initial 4.5%. In its latest economic outlook, the IMF says the war in Ukraine has caused a sharp increase in energy and food prices that could undermine food security in the region, raise poverty rates, increase income inequality, and possibly lead to social unrest. Its report says the war has stalled growth momentum seen in the second half of 2021 as countries continue to battle the effects of COVID-19 pandemic deteriorating security in several countries and climate related shocks. 
The annual inflation rate in Kenya accelerated to a seven-month high of 6.47% in April of 2022 from 5.56% in the previous month. Main upward pressure came from food and non-alcoholic beverages, that is wheat and basic goods, transportation due to an increase in fuel prices and housing and utilities. On a monthly basis, consumer prices inched up by 1.69% following a 0.85% rise in the previous month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at with the dog.